space. The final frontier. And we'll get there eventually. But for now, we're hanging out in the studio and we're talking about it. This is the Scene Snobs Presents Warp Factor Fiction, a chronological analysis of Star Trek on screen. Every month we bring you two new episodes where we talk about one full season of Star Trek in order all the way through. And we can't wait for you guys to get in on it with us. If you want to join a discussion, make sure you're in the comments or head over to our Discord. Uh, the video is available on our Patreon as an exclusive feature. You can go check that out there or listen to the podcast wherever podcasts are put out. Thank you guys so much for being here to listen to this. Uh, please let us know what you think as we get in depth. This is our first episode where we talk about season one of enterprise it was a little rude and crude we were getting into it and we're trying to figure out how we're doing things but we think you'll enjoy it and have a good time with us so stay tuned let's talk about star trek and have some fun and we're back guys it's warp factor fiction and of course if you guys checked out the first episode you know why we're here we're re-watching star trek Everything, animated series, the full series, uh, live action, the movies, the whole nine yards in chronological order. Every step of the way. We are walking through time on a trek, if you will, a journey going forth to see every piece of Star Trek from the beginning. Absolutely. And I'm super excited because I've never done it this way. Um, but also because there's a lot of things that I need to rewatch or some first watches for me. Uh, and I can't wait, and we're going to get into it. Um, but we do need to make a little bit of an amendment. You might have seen the asterisk last episode when we were talking about um, a certain episode, which was Breaking the Ice. Yes. And we referred to, to Paul's um, storyline in that having had more of a sexual assault connotation with the mind melt. Yeah. And we actually got it twisted. Actually, that episode is where she finds out that her uh, marriage, her arranged marriage is yes. coming up and her time is limited and she has to decide whether she wants to stay in that arranged marriage which is very much part of her culture or stay in enterprise it's a very good episode it's very well played mm -hmm. i really like the vulcan side of that so yep. we wanted to point that out and actually the episode we were referring to uh which is fusion is in this later half so we will be talking about it tonight yep. you heard us say some things so we're going to kind of briefly touch down on it again but yeah, I am excited. Yes. Uh, but we're here. It's the second half of season one. Part two. Part two. season one. So yeah. here we are. First episode, Shuttle Pod One. Which is a fantastic episode. So I love the phone booth episodes, the where you're a man in a box episodes. I always think they're fantastic, especially when there's hopelessness involved. <laughs> like it sounds terrible, but I'm a big fan of that. That's why I like my sci-fi stories. I like my space stories because it's all out to kill you. So it's constantly a struggle of survival. Like just living everyday life is survival. It's fantastic. So would you say so, the universe is basically the Australia of the universe? Oh, yeah. Yeah, a thousand percent. <laughs> yeah, if you can name the universe, you should name it the Outback. Like, the I outback. Think that's, yeah, that's <laughs> pretty much what it is. So Going back on a walkabout, son. <laughs> you're not going to make it long. Sorry. That's <laughs> so you've got seconds. So it's really neat how they do this one where, uh, unfortunately, Trip and Malcolm Reed are stuck in one of the shuttle pods. Now, one thing we should mention. Shuttle pod one, by the way. Shuttle pod one, which this is very early on in Starfleet. There is that they have a transporter. They usually use the transporter for like goods and, you know, yeah. you know, cargo and stuff like that. And they've been notified at the beginning of the very episode in season one, episode one, uh, that it's been allowed for biological transport. 
So wow. you could use it for a person, but no one's really willing to try it yet. And it happens a couple times. They bring it up that they do have to use it. I will say that uh, one of the episodes that we talked about in the last session where we were going, which is where Archer frees the Suliban when he gets imprisoned with them, um, which is a great episode that was, um, oh, no, that's the season. That's Yeah, we're coming up. I am we're losing my mind it. with the season, and we're I just watched the damn thing. <laughs> All right, we're coming up on it. So we'll get to that part. But uh, the reason being is they really get heavily into the transporter on there. And mm -hmm. I like how they handle that. So we will yeah. get back to the transporter side. So shuttle pod one is because yes. they, everyone uses shuttle pods. Shuttle pods are the common way of traveling. So between planets and the ship, anywhere in the ship, you use a shuttle pod. So shuttle pod one, Malcolm and Trip find themselves on the shuttle. They look down. They see what they see is debris of Enterprise. Yeah. And uh, they just assume Enterprise has been destroyed. And everyone they love and care about is now gone. They are stuck in the shuttle pod. Um, and things are going haywire. So they're losing life support at certain times. Like the, the heating is going up. The cooling is going up. The whole thing really plays out. But the character building of both these guys in this episode was fantastic. Mm -hmm. To which, and Casey can attest to this because he actually listens to it. Both the actors, Connor Trenier, Trenier, my apologies, and Dominic Keating, uh, both host a podcast called Shuttle, Shuttle Pod, Pod 1. One. And uh, it's great because in Shuttle Pod 1, they drink, they get drunk. Because yeah, obviously do. that's going to be, you know, part of anything. You know, hey, we met randomly find whiskey because why wouldn't you have whiskey? What a good way to say goodbye. I know, right? Like, <laughs> so they get drunk and it's great because on their podcast, they do that as well. <laughs> they have, they vibe yeah, a bit. So and just nice. talk and have a good time. Yeah. So I love that friendship aspect of it. Uh, so go check out their podcast as well. So mm -hmm. watch along. So you get the episode by episode of Enterprise. Yep. Them. And they have constant special guest stars who are yeah. phenomenal. So, so we are yeah. definitely excited. Cool inside. Um, but watch ours too, because yeah. we do all of Star Trek. <laughs> but uh, this Shadow <laughs> Pod 1 episode is fantastic for that. It harkens back for me to Apollo 13, which is mm -hmm. one of my favorite moments in all of cinema. Yeah. You know, the way they have that feeling between uh, Bill Paxton and, you know, you've, you've got agree, yeah, yeah. Tom Hanks in there and Kevin Bacon just doing a fantastic job acting their tails off. And we get a lot of that in Shuttlepod 1. I think these two just really raise the, the bar. And uh, for us, it's a great way to enter yeah. Phase 2. And for because it's such an isolated episode and they're character building these two characters and what's going on, um, it's well done in the, in the sense that uh, well, in many ways, but like they really play with the comedy versus the drama of dying. Like, I really love that. At some points, they're kind of like three stooge in it going against each other, like, you know, trying to fix things. And then you get to the point where they're just like, well, everything's gone. Enterprise is gone. We're so far from home. Maybe we should just let go. And that's a very heavy theme to play on. Yeah. And uh, it's definitely a matter of when do you accept your fate? When is your fate decided? Yeah. You know, they, they touch on that part even. Uh, which is great because Dominic Keating is a little bit negative towards it. Like he's trying to accept and embrace moving on and that's death. And, you know, just it's mind boggling. It hurts. It's tough. And Trip is just trying to power through it, you know, and be like, just accept it and move on. And, yeah, yeah. you know, it's it's fun. It's the dynamic change between the two. And we, it really kind of serves to grow them throughout the remainder of the series. And yeah. closer friends and, and with a great bond. So. And it kind of plays into the next episode. Like we said, we went really in depth with it in uh, the first part of this series. Um, and so you can, you probably already heard a lot of what we're talking about in the asterisk time. But uh, just to kind of touch down on this off of Shuttle Pod 1, you really see, again, to Paul Shine, Archer Shine, in a very dramatic way uh, because of 
um, what happens to, to Paul, like we talked about. And the episode time. Fusion is what we're discussing. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and, and you get the, the element of Vulcans who choose to have emotions and go through that uh, and that they feel they can balance it. So, uh, it's a good episode. Check it out. Of course, it's episode 17 in the series. And, we, of course, we were talking about Breaking the Ice earlier, so that's another good one. So. Yeah, really great episodes. And then we jump into Rogue Planet. This was a fun one. For this episode, first of all, it's got one of those actors that I recognize from stuff. Okay. You know, uh, I can't, I'm going to have to look him up real quick. Um, I was yeah, not ready for that. He, yeah, he's. I think he's in a lot of things, but I, I know who exactly you're talking about. Uh, I think it's um, Eric Peterport. Is that it? I know, so, I can't say yeah. so um, the cool part about Rogue Planet is so Reed finds a planet that's completely covered in dark. There's Him. No, yeah, he's in a ton of stuff. He does a really good job. Keith says Good Tony. Zerabachka. Keith Zerabachka. I don't want the Russians, it's, man. That's Keith Zerabachka. There you go. Yeah. Um, but he's a very recognizable guy. We're going to give you a dime for, for what? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, so uh, the episode's very cool. Reed finding this planet that's completely covered in dark. Um, they decide they have a, it's a hospitable um, atmosphere. Mm-hmm. They go down to check it out, you know, just do their tests, kind of learn about the planet. And they run into three hunters from another planet that come here every year on a hunt. And once they find out what they're hunting, it's a pretty big ordeal. Yeah, it turns into uh, quite the adventure. And it was uh, a psychological creature, you know, engaging with Archer. And once yeah. again, we get more a little Archer centric because we always got to have a big, strong Archer move. You know, after having Fusion, which was T'Pol heavy, and then yeah. we have, uh, even before that with Shuttlepod 1, in Rogue Planet, we get back into Archer Strong. So yeah. <laughs> um, he's taking up the mantle, is like, going to have to save these creatures and these beings. And he does. Yeah, he does great job. Which you expect. And it was, you know, it's wonderful. It's what I like. It's it's why Bakula really ruled this series the way he did. And did a great job. I thought he was, I mean, he was yeah, wonderful. He was a fantastic captain. driver. Especially the first captain. That's that's what he was, and that's what he portrays really well. Is that that combination of explorer but also adventurer? The fact that he is that maverick, he is going to go that extra level, but he's going to realize the regulations as he goes. Yeah, he's going to see the mistakes almost immediately, and then start looking at how to create a level of walls or you know rules yeah. that will help impede any more problems. And he works with Tapal to that end a lot too. I like that so. too, and and you can tell he's building off of where he's going with it. Like he feels like he should get involved mm-hmm. with everything. Like he's really up until this point, he's really shoving his ideals on many other species. Yeah, and in a big way. But like, and and from our standpoint, we're saying like, well, he's right though. Like that's human decency and this, that, and the other thing. The principles of which we want to build on, mm-hmm. and but he goes about it in a way that's very human yeah it's, it's uh, got a swashbuckling-esque sort yeah, of uh piece to it. yeah um, so there's there's something that kind of makes it uh dangerous and you can see where the vulcans are uncomfortable with it yeah they're getting because, pissed with them as this yeah, a, a lot man it's awesome yeah. so because <laughs> he just he, he interjects and he puts on and the cool thing about it is but like the more he goes on the more it, like they show you in each episode like the more you see he's realizing things. Yeah. So I and, and I dig that. There's change. There's an archetype to the character. And yeah. I like that. There's a lot of growth. And they allow him conti- to continue to grow. And really the entire crew grows. Even when they get concerned or when they have problems or when there are struggles. They, they're all growing. 
and it's fantastic to watch. They do a really good job of that. By the time season. you get to this part of the season, yes. we're 18 episodes in. Yep. Where are you at with it in your mind? Like, like, how is this show still holding up for you? So uh, with most Star Trek series, I always take the first series season and just have to kind of power through it. Kind of accept that there's going to be some gold in there. There's going to be a bunch of good character development. But seldom am I going to enjoy the entirety of the storyline. You know, might look a little crummy. I'm not... I don't enjoy the outfits. There's there's always bits and pieces that I'll pick apart. Okay. One of the great parts about this series particularly is they kind of come out the gate, and by the third or fourth episode, you're already in the crew. The crew development is strong. So you're already building in that avenue. Yeah. But you're also invested in Archer very early. Like, you're because it's a family affair, because he's following in his father's footsteps, because he's so committed to humanity. Okay. You link yourself to that humanity cause. Yeah. And you're like, you're goddamn right. I don't want anyone telling me that I can't go up to the stars. Like, that's a beautiful sentiment. And that's absolutely a human sentiment that any one of us are like, the moment you tell us we can't do it, all we want is to do it and do it better than you said we could. Okay. So it's wonderful. And I think that's a really cool way to get us locked in. Yep. And I then, like you, I mean, faith of the heart is questionable. Oh, God. I love it, but I only love it now. At the time this came out, I was not a fan. And of there was no the skip heart. button then. Mm -mm, At least there's a skip no, button now. No, sir. There was no skip button. You watched. There was, I'm going to get up and walk away and be in it. earshot so yeah. that when they go, and I know when the last chord hits, when the, when the, I've got, I've got, when the echo hits, that's when you got to get back. I don't know. I can't. <laughs> Every time. Every time it comes on, like, oh, I'm scrambling for the remote. <laughs> skip. Uh, all right, let's power through. Let's go on. So Acquisitions, the next one. This is an interesting episode. Mm -hmm. um, the Ferengi pirates knock out the entire crew of uh, Enterprise and sneak on board to you know, pillage, plunder, steal, the whole thing. Um, just take whatever that is not bolted down, and some of that is bolted down. <laughs> so getting into this episode, seeing the Ferengi kind of take over, uh, and with everybody passed out, it's very much set up in the beginning with Trip as a as a John McClane type character. hundred percent. Yep. Because he is awake because he was in the deep decompression tank and he wasn't affected by everything. By the gas that was put in <laughs> yep. by the Ferengi to knock out the entire crew, except Trip. And then we get Trip in underwear for a long time, like <laughs> a way long longer time. than you would think UPN would have allowed <laughs> back then. And he goes he goes through and he's looking through. And the funny thing is. He passed, like, so many chances to put clothes on. Yeah. And he just didn't. He just you, refused. You, you notice how, like, the further this goes on, the fewer clothes. Like, the longer the season goes, the fewer the clothes. So I liked the episode once it upped the ante by uh, waking up Archer, waking up to Paul, and putting Archer in, in, in danger where he has to kind of talk his way out. Like, he's using the diplomatic sense. Right. But conning the Ferengi to kind of get his way. Yeah. And I liked how they did that. And it was a cool, it's not our introduction to the Ferengi, of course, no. but uh, it's a cool early, early look at the Ferengi. Which is interesting because the Ferengi that we know that Jean-Luc Picard talks about in the Stargazer, he went up and had to fight. That was a, that was a battle against <laughs> was the battle. Ferengi. Whereas the Ferengi they fight against in Enterprise D in Next Gen, eh, like, they're they could, I mean, it might be problematic for a little bit, but overall they're probably going to blow them up. Yeah, you know, they're probably going to beat them. So the Ferengi slowly lose the power. And plus, then you have to remember the Ferengi in DS9 now 
are way more infighting. There's a lot more different yeah. problems with them. They're struggling on the power surge. Doesn't even feel like a military unit. Yeah, they've is... kind of backed off from that. It's almost like now it's pillagers and pirates again, which the Frangie are all about. It's the rules of acquisition. Yeah. You know, so it's it is a really good look at the Frangie for the, such an early time. I think that was really cool. Yeah. yeah, and I, you know, and I like that aspect of it, and and I did like how they came back to the pirate side of it. I mean, I was a little bugged by this is a huge ship that has eighty six different people on it, <laughs> and these three Ferengi, like, like you could have been tripped and just been anywhere. Yeah, like, like there was just no way. You know that ship better than anyone, and you're telling me like he had to go wake up people to help him. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. But I get it. Ferengi are stronger than humans. That's, right. That's fair. You know? That's fair. But, but even then, like, yeah, I just, it threw me off a lot with that episode. I didn't love it. I, cause I thought they were going to do something cool in an element like a diehard. Yeah. And they changed it up. Once they upped the ante, I was like, and they added, um, that level to Archer with it. Yeah. And yeah. Bringing yeah. him into it. Yeah. Like having him captured and like having mm-hmm. to talk his way out. Then it, that was like the interesting part of this. Mm-hmm. Everything else, I was just kind of like yeah. took a while to get there. It yeah. was kind of funny that he woke up to Paul too, and then to Paul was basically taking everybody out, and not and Trip was just like behind her. Yeah, you know, it's like really, like well, really, dude. Vulcans are much stronger than humans. I know, but like he had to drop on all of them. Like he could, they didn't know he could. Ah, oh, whatever. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's get to the next one. The next one is very uh, not. It, more character centric, but yes, very subtle um, show. So Oasis is the next one. That's episode twenty. Um, Oasis uh, finds the crew of Enterprise uh, finding it. And, well, they find out through means of trying to find certain. I think they were looking for energy balls or something like that. Uh, I mm-hmm. forget exactly what it was they're trying to obtain. Some kind of ore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the person who's selling the ore said, "If you need." A lot of stuff there's an abandoned ship on this planet you should go check it out and you can get a lot like the lithium crystals mm-hmm. things like that so they go to the planet find there's no bio signs nope they go down to check it out and what do they find many many bio signs <laughs> there's lots a lot of, of people there lots of people surprise it seems that the crew of that ship um has been hiding out there for a long time just living their lives and yep. kind of going on and turned it into somewhat of an oasis. As yeah, song. it's beautiful. So, so of course, Starfleet's got to show up and be like, well, we want it. And who plays the father? Who is it? It's Udo. Oh, yeah, Rene Auberjonois. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Odo, our, our classic friend, Constable Odo from DS9. We get to see him also known as uh, Father Mulcahy in MASH, the movie. Oh, that's right. He was in MASH, the movie. <laughs> yeah. That threw me off. That threw me off a bit. I completely forgot he was in it. Yeah, wonderful actor. Oh. And yeah, rest in, rest in peace, buddy. So, yes, yeah, this, this episode was pretty good because you find out um, through lots of questioning of, because there's a father and daughter that they, they, they get close to during the this time trip, especially with the daughter. And you find out that it's actually the only survivors are the father and the daughter. And they have projected with the holodeck uh, or holodeck technology all these other people around them so they don't feel alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty fascinating idea. It was an interesting way to go about it. Um, really, the only thing I feel like you got out of this was like Tripp's interaction of trying to insert his opinion, opinion more into it and seeing the other side of uh, Archer kind of like, ah, we need to hold off on I don't know what we need to do here. Like yeah, this. no, and I think that was a really cool part that Archer does do. Yeah. is he does do that whole, I'm not sure here. 
Like this is legitimately a weird one. It's yeah. so weird and off the mark. Like, what do I do? And I like that he kind of puts trip. Is this the one where he hollers a trip for for? No, like no, no. Okay. Like season, yeah. okay, gotcha. That's a big. That's a big one. Yeah. Um, so then I can't wait to actually get to the one. But so you still start getting that kind of. That you start to feel that bit of a rub there. There's that bit of a rub where yeah. stop questioning me in front of people all the time. Yeah, you know, yeah that's yeah. really kind of a thing that starts to happen, and that's great that they do that. Because it shows, look, yeah, there's a respect as a friend and as a colleague, but you, I'm still in charge. Like, they're yeah. still, I'm still your captain. Like, there is, there's it's, good moments when those happen. And that's a very cool thing how they go about it. When you get, when we get to that episode, which again will be season two, will be uh, next month. So make sure mm-hmm. to check that out. Um, it, it's, a, it's a crazy dynamic that really gets twisted. And I really like that too. Mm-hmm. That certain dynamics between everyone are just, they're really, the bonds are getting closer. Mm-hmm. And I like how he's doing it. Yep. Um, but we're we're actually kind of kicking into high gear because now we're going on episode twenty one. We only have uh, five more after this, and to kind of go through, uh, we get this. It's called the Tames episode twenty one. Like uh, Archer and Mayweather are are captured and taken prisoner on a planet. Uh, wrongfully, there there's just kind of a mix up. So they go to this uh, planet that is a deten- detention center, as they call it, but it's really a prison, uh, and. It's a Sulaban, uh, a Sulaban inter- internment camp. Mm-hmm. So this is a big one because the Sulaban are such a big villain to the series, especially in this first season, that Archer really gets to know them. Like, because there's the Cabal who... The Cabal, yeah. The ca- Cabal. I'll say another one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the Cabal. No, I'm just kidding. The Cabal. Uh, the cabal and they are the ones that they are want the genetic enhancements mm-hmm. from the future and things like that. And then the Sulaban have a different, you know, different people who are just like living folk. every day. Yeah, just just yeah. folk living their lives. You Stuck know, in internment camps. Exactly, you getting know? tossed in internment camps because they're being held responsible for the actions of what you find out are the other Sulaban who are yeah. out there doing it. So and because they can't tell which Sulaban is doing it and which one isn't, really reminiscent yeah. of like nineteen forty one. United States in California. The Japanese. Of yeah. So it's, he, he gives a subtlety. I it's an interesting <laughs> parallel that they really, they yeah. throw out there. And I thought that was fascinating. It was really cool how they did that because then it also puts us as Archer mm-hmm. to be able to kind of follow the lesson and to learn through his eyes, to get to know your enemy and learn that yeah. you're, you're not, it's not all Sullivan are after you, mm-hmm. you know, it's not everyone who feels that way. There's and now you get to narrow down the group. So that's kind of what this episode was about: was narrowing down who the enemy is and getting to know them a little better. Yeah, and, so. the, and the big thing is that the the government that uh, houses and the military unit that runs this internment camp for the Sulaban, uh, who captured um, Travis and, and Archer, um, realized quickly. Like they talked to Enterprise, and they're like, "Okay, listen, they have to go before the judge to source how it works." We're going to explain the situation in front of the judge, and they should be fine and be able to go home. And uh, Dean Stockwell actually plays like the warden of the whole thing. That's right. Yeah, which is a cool connection because of course they were on Quantum Leap together. Yep. And so it adds that element, and I really liked how they played off of each other in the mm-hmm. episode. Yeah, it was really good. And you know, a big thing for me with this uh, was the ending, and, and and of course it adds the flavor to the entire rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Is that Archer? 
still having this dilemma, this crisis of conscience with the, like a prime directive. There is no prime directive at this point, but like he mentioned, like we need some sort of directive at some point. Yeah, we need to put down some rule of how yeah. do we how do we deal with what? Like what is the most important thing when interacting with another species? Because at this point, it's like species number 15, 20. Yeah. You know, they're just racking them up rapidly. Yeah, they have no idea. They're like just bumping into stuff and going, hey, what are you about? Well, and then they point, get shot at at one point. They literally roll up and go, hey, how are you? And they get yeah. shot in the middle of space. It's the middle of an episode. It's awesome. Yeah, They're they, they just cruising just, through, and they just get shot months. at, and then it goes and runs away. And they're like, what happened? But at this point, he's not there yet because mm -hmm. he actually conducts a plan to um, completely free all the Sulaban on this internment camp. And it's a big deal. It's a prison escape. And he yeah. really, they go to depth, in-depth planning it, and they get it done, and a lot escape. And now that plays into why he starts to feel that the, there needs to be a directive because mm -hmm. he screws up, and that's going to come up in a couple more episodes. Mm -hmm. This next episode, Vox Sola. I, we're, it, honestly, I mean, we can talk about it. It was a fine, like, okay, so Star Trek has the trope of, like, the, the mystical goo or the orb or something shows up, creates havoc, maybe takes over somebody, possesses mm -hmm. them, or is possessing different people. Sometimes or... there's a, a <laughs> magical, like, virus that takes over and the yeah. crew changes into something. So there's yep. there's traditionally one or two of these you call them, I guess, monster episodes. I see. Not monster of the week, but legitimately Film. like horror episodes. <laughs> yeah. Where they try to make it almost like a horrifying thing. And in this one, uh, that's what they do with spider webs. Yeah, it's like a weird but spider blob thing. Blob webs. And it had these webs and it was like stealing. Actually, you know, it's funny. Uh, the cadet in this episode yes. is um, Angelica from uh, Hamilton. Get out. Yeah. And she's really? also in She-Hulk and such. Yeah. Um, she, yeah, she did a fantastic oh. job. She played Cadet Kelly in this episode. And uh, it was, and she was one of the first ones to go, and she actually passed away in the episode. Uh, mm. So Cadet Kelly doesn't come back anymore. Well, RIP, Cadet Kelly. Yes, thank We're going to have to start having memoriams on these things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Every season we yes, do a memoriam. Yes, every season we do an in memoriam. <laughs> All right. Well, you said it, and we're going to do it. We're Congratulations. Gonna do it. Um <laughs> So, you know, with this episode, like, they start taking them, they get the captain, they get tripped, and they're not dead, Kendrick Kelly is, but they're so <laughs> not dead. Uh, they're kind of talking to each other, but it is sucking, like, a life force out of them. Mm -hmm. It's just one of those episodes, Phil, and nothing major truly really happens. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it's like when they had the jellyfish in space in Next Gen, it just kind of <laughs> latched itself on the ship. That's what it is. It's like, okay, we just have to figure out how to get this thing off the ship. Well, and that one was kind of fun because getting that one off, like there's always fun little things they do like that because you're you're bumping into stuff. You have no idea what it is. Like that's the neat part about this is yeah. so that's possible. Yeah. So sure, to us it looks ridiculous and I, I will mock it all day, but it's plausible. It's it's possible. You know what I mean? That's kind of the fun part of yeah. Enterprise, especially in season one is anything is possible. We don't know what's there, out there. <laughs> there are two filler episodes in these last six. Yeah. Um, that weren't bad. They were fine. Uh, one of them has a little bit more to do with the storyline than, mm -hmm. than this one did. Um, <laughs> yeah, this um, one didn't have much going on. Afterwards. I definitely get why they did it because there's some really heavy hitters in this. Um, you know, like the next episode that we're going to is Fallen Hero, yeah. where uh, Valar, who is a Vulcan uh, high command um, member, is now disgraced. She committed a crime and she is being transported by Enterprise to a determined camp 
uh, where she's going to be taken. Well, to another ship. She's being oh, taken to another ship. She's taken to a fucking ship to go into custody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're going to, you know, she's going to take her along. Um, and as they go on, they start to learn more and more about like why she's there. And as it turns out, she's actually undercover. They want her to, uh, you know, go, go undercover with the Mazari. The Mazari. So Mazari. She, or the, the Mazar. What is, is the Mazari? Mazar? Yeah, the Mazar. Um, so anyway, she goes and she gets, uh, you know, she, they're under attack. Yeah, the Mazar start coming after him because she finds out that basically she was undercover to try to find out if this government was corrupt and who had corrupted it and who had taken over. So she finds out, and then obviously they know she knows, so they come after her. Yeah, and uh, it's kind of fun. It's fun because we we do get to see some really rad things happen in this. First of all, we get to see the face cannons effectively taking out energy weapons, energy shields. Yeah, so we get that first real use, that great use. Uh, then we also get warp five. Yeah, they we do get push this, it to the break. They push it to warp five, and we get to watch them pushing it, which adds that fun, cheesy action element. Yeah. And did a really good job of that, and gave some pretty good thrilling moments there. Kind of like shake the desks. Yeah, man, they did some good desk shaking. Yeah. Uh, and then it, they kind of wrapped it up really well too, uh, with having showing what how badass the Vulcans are. When a Vulcan ship shows up, it's like, oh, they're like legit. Like, yeah, you, you can't mess with this ship. But like, it also talking to her um, and learning from her because like, she is undercover at first and nobody knows on Enterprise. Uh, and once it comes about, like, so there's a dynamic at first when she where she's talking almost down about the Vulcan ideals. Mm, yeah. But she's still trying to maintain to Archer certain things so that way to help him. And yeah. like legit help them, and then when she does come clean, it's kind of like it comes more forefront. And I liked how like, yeah. that dynamic point. They did a really good job of her almost playing it off like she wasn't Vulcan. Yeah, like she was almost leaning towards, oh, humans are interesting. Like, okay, what are you about with your emotions? Okay, <laughs> and then when she is like, no, I'm Vulcan High Command. Yeah, there's no question. She's back in it. You know, she's just right back to it. So yeah, right back. It was it was very well done, uh, very well acted. Um, and yeah, it's just a good episode overall. I say, and in, in my opinion, one of the best episodes of the season. Um, now, yeah, Fiona LaFlanagan oh, nice. plays that. Okay. She's fantastic, crushes it. Um, now we get to my favorite episode of the season. I don't care who you are, I don't care what you decide to give me as a level of respect, because quite frankly, this is probably one of the lower rated episodes of this filler. It's a filler, it's, no, a, it's not a filler because mm-hmm. of what. They're there for. Okay. It's very fair. integral to the entire fair. So they're they're exploration, yeah. right? This is a vehicle of exploration and enterprise. So we get to Desert Crossing is our next episode. This is episode 24 because seasons used to go this long. Really did. <laughs> That's well. all of these seasons do. <laughs> so we get to some pretty cool story here. First of all, uh, out the gate, we get Clancy Brown. Yes. His shuttle's about to explode. His ship's all ba- banged up, so they save him. They rescue him. And it's it's Clancy Brown. It's, who's, he's just being Clancy Brown. She's the most Clancy Brown guy who could Clancy Brown. Come and, down and have dinner with me. We'll have drinks. Yeah, just hard. slapping like, everyone on the back. Like, a, thank you. Yes, excellent job. <laughs> he's like a big ogreish guy in a bar who's just like, hey, let's be friends. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, what are you, you going to say? No, that guy's awesome. I'm going to yeah. hang out with that guy. 
Seems like a good guy. Seems like a great guy. So you get down there on the planet because, of course, in exploration, they want to meet another culture. This yeah. is fantastic. So they get down there and find out that they're terrorists. And uh, <laughs> the government is trying to attack them and locate them. So uses them and just blows up the whole city. The, the yep. place where these terrorists are living, their little commune. Their commune. And uh, Archer and Trip are now stuck in the desert trying to travel and find a way to communicate back to Enterprise. Yep, and get out of there because they're also wanted by the government because they think they're in cahoots with the terrorists. Yep. But here's where the important part comes back in because by the time they get back around, they do meet up with Clancy Brown's character in an episode. And the reason he was he tricked them to come there was because he now there's tale of the great warrior Archer mm-hmm. all in this galaxy, in this sector, that is is really reverberating and he was like you can help me because i heard tales of your great you being a great warrior who, who can freeze the people strategize everybody because he helped release sulavan and get them out of that internment camp and that's where the big thing comes into play which we're going to talk about in this ep- this week's episode of impulse run which is our short mini show uh that's on youtube you can check out but is the prime directive and the need for it is yeah. now starting to linger even harder seeing as how he got pulled in and duped to do something. Exactly. And this is something that consistently will grow because the idea of a captain being known throughout the galaxy or some portion of this sector of space to this degree is not good. No. It's not a good thing. It's not, it's not what you need out there. When you're just exploring, you shouldn't be like, you know, changing the alter, altering the course of a society. Probably not best, even though they constantly do, and that's what all these shows are about. So I love that they bring this up, and yet it's what they do. So it's kind of fun that the entire point of the Prime Directive is there is no Prime Directive. Yeah, and and they're really showing that one. It's the golden scroll from Kung Fu Panda. Secret is there is no secret. And uh, they run with it. It's kind of really fun that they do that. Yeah, and I, yeah. I like that element of it. It yeah. gave you a fun adventurous type episode, mm-hmm. but definitely just capped it into everything else, especially considering we only had two episodes left in the season. And episode 25, the next one, is two days and two nights. Uh, oh, wait, is, wait, I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, wait, before we're done with oh, Desert you Crossing, saw, I know you I'm not getting it. off of Desert Crossing yet because when they take Clancy Brown takes him down to the planet to have feast, right? They start a game. And while they're playing this game, it is freaking lacrosse it is space lacrosse. lacrosse with glowy balls and it and a small target no goalie which sad face i was a goalie but that's amazing that makes me so happy that they have space lacrosse finally and the fact that an archer would dare compare it to water polo not even compare it to water polo but say this is just like water polo and you're from Earth. Lacrosse exists. Lacrosse exists. Did lacrosse not make it? Why would you think that first? I don't care if you played water polo. Was lacrosse so regional that World War Three wiped out lacrosse? Is that what happened? That, that makes me very I'm sad. Gonna I'm going to save our final thing for the end after we get to it. What I'm going to say about this season, because <laughs> okay. we have a few things we're going to talk about. Yeah. How to recap things and what we liked, what we didn't like. But uh, let's get through this one. Yes. So two days, two nights. This uh, half the ship's on vacation because, of course, you always have to reserve, have a reserve team. Uh, they're going down to Risa now. You might know that from other Star Trek shows, but I don't want to spoil anything for you if you don't. Pleasure Planet. Pleasure Planet. That's the only thing we'll say, and it means pleasure. 
that any anything that you anything that you, if you want to read at the beach, it's going to be the best reading yeah. and the best beach you've ever been to. Like that's okay. We're ruining that's it experience. for you now because we love it. We want to go to Risa. Yeah, I want to go to Risa, and it's definitely an interesting one because we never and have really, a foregone. Jesus, we never really got a good look at Risa from a vacation standpoint because again, with the episode with um, Vosh and um, Picard, Picard yeah. that was very much adventurous. Adventure, yeah, I didn't see much. And others that kind of touched on it was very, very Riker was always dressed real funky there. He really did. He really was. I love it. Um, was he just, did you notice that Riker wasn't really allowed down there often? <laughs> yeah, I don't blame that. It's like, listen, you gotta leave that guy home. Um, so, get a little hornball on Ryza, not a good idea. Can we take a break? Can we put a Ryza? He, or he doesn't go because he's like, I got kids down there. I can't be going to Oh Ryza. my God. Yeah, he just runs. It's like that other planet where he became an alien and then like they just want it all to uh, we'll get there when we get to the next <laughs> we, we have stuff. lots of stuff for that one. <laughs> but you can see. So with this one, uh, so yeah, Poshi, she is going down there to learn dialects and because uh, there's all amalgamation of different species mm -hmm. there. So she wants to pick up different dialects and learn. She meets a nice young man from Risa. Yes, a young man who's willing to discuss different dialects and conversation styles with her using his tongue. He's a very cunning linguist. And she, she's into it. Oh, yeah, she digs it. Yeah. She's so, down. She's receptive to what he's saying. Yeah. So it's a very fun episode for Hoshi. A lot of oral action. Yeah. Uh, now, because I, I want to move to Archer next in this episode, because he had a very straightforward. He saw a very attractive woman in the room next to him. They were kind of, they both had their dogs there. Yeah, their dogs all played together. Yeah. Well, Porthos looked like he was going to kick that dog's butt. Uh, yeah, I mean, Porthos brutal. <laughs> he don't mess around. I love it. <laughs> So um, they get they start like kind of going out, having a good time with each other, and then you find out that she is a part of a faction that is trying to take out Suliban and needs information about him. Uh, trying to talk to Archer about it and get that info, and Archer's like, "I don't know anything." And she's the yeah. very same species that interred him in that camp along with all the other Suliban. So yes. she was like sent to kind of track him down and follow him. So yeah, it's trying to yeah. get it out another way. You know? Yeah, it was a wild, uh, messed up episode, and I do feel bad for him in the end because it's like you know he didn't get to bang anything. He was on Ryzen. He barely <laughs> got Ryzen. to get drunk. No, that's because he was going to read the whole time. Anyway, Went to Ryzen and he get to bang nothing. Come on now. Oh God. What's the point? All right. This is a PG show. Well, and then uh, who else do you have? But don't forget have, Malcolm and Yeah, Fred. I knew this was going to be the part I was going to be like, stop saying banging for him. Get, get to this one because this is the dirty one. It is. Uh, you have Tripp and, of course, uh, Reed down there and dressed in their best Miami Vice Oh, my gosh. Suits. I don't know if Miami Vice spacesuits are going to remain in the future, but this gave me hope. Jesus this makes Christ. me believe they were just exactly alike. Yeah, exactly. Which means my style will proliferate to the world in the future due to the past. Because oh art God. imitating life, imitating art. Don't do it. I'm telling you, don't do it. <laughs> so watching them, they're all it's funny because they, they didn't even get into interspecies um you know relations because that's not a thing yet nope. here. It doesn't exist. And humans can't fa well, it's not a thing with humans because they're still people are learning more about them and and right, get used to them. Um, and they're putting themselves in the forefront now. So they get into that in the second season. They really discuss that mm -hmm. um, about the future and where this could go because it's touched down on. And the reason I bring that up is because nobody told the writer in this episode because all they were trying to do was find girls and hook up. Bang. That was like and the bang. whole purpose. On the shuttle pod ride down, they're talking about banging. 
when they actually get down there, they're talking about banging. Like when they actually, it's pretty rough. This was kind of a boring episode from their perspective. And when they get tied up, because yeah, they eventually get hogtied because they get yeah. sucked into some trap, and following robbed. some beautiful women, and they get mugged. And it's like, yeah, it's what you get. Yeah. You literally walked around thinking with your penis the entire time. You're creepy. You're creepy. It was creepy. So, it all was. Right. Let's move on. I'm but the Hoshi part was dope. Anyway. Like seriously, that was awesome. That was like a how Stella got a groove back storyline. It was, was kind of it was kind of pretty. Weird, kind of weirdly like enough, the Hoshi was the best storyline. It really it was, the was most yeah. simple of all of them. Yep. Um, but it was fun to see Risa from that point. And it was also funny because I kept waiting for the twist with the Hoshi storyline, and it never came. It, never it was did. just an honest storyline. I was like, oh, it was really nice. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was fine and good for Hoshi because yeah. I think she found that appreciation mm-hmm. because now she there was an interspecies entanglement, and uh, you know she got into it. And I think when she came away from that. You could see she's like embracing being out there more. Yes, exactly. So. It, it opened her up for for this, and in Shockwave we see that. Yes, which no. unfortunately though it turns tragic rapidly. Rapidly, uh, Shockwave Part One, which is the season finale of season one, the last episode we're going to talk to. We ain't going to talk about Part Two until we get nope, there nope. next month. Nope. So uh, this time around, the Enterprise discovers a mining colony of uh, Paragon Paragons. That's what they're called. The crew gets an invitation for a meeting on the surface and a shuttle pod tries to break through the atmosphere all of a sudden just under a shut oh that's right so so when they went down because the uh, the air was different down there mm-hmm. uh they had to have certain things shut off so they had to have their plasma vents closed well they had because, more than that though because they checked everything yeah because if the plasma ducts had remained opened during the discharge period that's enough to ignite like basically everything the around them. yeah yeah so they just all they have to do is just close it and then just make sure it's closed and set and sealed. And when they come down, no problem. No fuss, no muss. Well, that's what they had to check on. And that's why Malcolm was like, I did it, I did it, I did it. Which, of course, uh, in that future, you're going to be able to see in the logs if it was done or not. So clearly he did it. Now, I struggle with this episode because... Well, we should tell him because we didn't tell him that they killed 3,600 oh, yeah. people. So 3,600 people die as a result of what they believe is they're igniting the atmosphere and wiping out the colony. Yeah. It's a big deal, and this leads into a huge thing where now there's the dilemma for Archer. Do I, you know, do I take credit for this? Do we figure this out? What happens? He's being recalled, and finally we get to that point where they do call him and say, your trip is canceled. Mm -hmm. Get back here. Um, We're we're not going to be allowed to do it for another 10 or 10 Yeah, the Vulcans were ready to shut it down. (laughs) They had Starfleet pretty much on edge saying, nope, we're done, until we work out whatever the safety protocol issue is. But the problem is, once you go through it, you can see if the safety protocol was followed. Once you see that, it's an investigation of what's really happening. Yeah, which they do which, themselves. Yes, and they and they finally do kind of turn themselves around. I like that Archer struggles with this here. Yeah. I think Bacula really crushes that self-pity party thing. Yeah. And I love that T'Pol has that moment with him where she tries to cheer him up. Yep. And he's like, this has got to be the first time in the history of the universe that a Vulcan tries to cheer up a human. And it was really nice. It was, it was great because... Moment. That's when you see that T'Pol is ingratiated herself and allowed herself to trust and be part of this crew yeah. and really, really likes Jonathan Archer, like is is in awe of him and respecting him. Yeah. After yes, basically out there. And that, come, that yeah. comes a big thing. Yeah. Yep. It absolutely does. So Shockwave has done really well because it's a lot of time spent on the actors, on what their dilemmas would be, how they're going to potentially deal with this news that Starfleet's done. Yeah. And they do find, eventually find out and go about... Um, looking for the footage or you know, whatever evidence they can get to give to them. They get it. 
They find out they're being attacked by the Suliban, who are trying to stop them, who are the ones, in fact, that set this up, they find, uh, through their investigation to actually cause and ignite the atmosphere. It wasn't them at all. They did it From the future. From the future. So these are the temporal cold war. We're <laughs> back, baby. That's yeah. right. Just when you thought we were out, we're going to pull you back, back. in. Well, and what was it? What, when did we say that last episode? It was like episode like eight. Yeah, so somewhere, now somewhere we're back around in the nine. So I have to say that now that we bring it back around, this is the first time that I finally see this temporal cold war, and I'm excited about it. Shockwave part one was able to just give me enough of a flavor to go, okay. Yeah. You you got me more now because before I was I was against it. I was like, just don't show it to me. I don't want to see it. But now it's much better. I, yeah, it kind of brings it. me in. And it was nice to see more of it and, and kind of understand a little bit better. So in the episode, they're racing home to clear their names um, while the Superman are attacking them, trying to get the footage or or even just take them out. Um, and Archer disappears. They want Archer bad because they want to go after him, and he just disappears. And in reality, he gets stuck. In the future, way in the future, where the temporal war is, a temporal cold war is actually happening, Boom. Um, and and they find out that now that he has been taken out of his time, it has created a future where federation doesn't exist, mm-hmm. nothing exists, nothing ever went forward. So Archer is integral. So like he is the guy, focal point. So uh, and that is where we get to finish. And then get, uh, I always want the, the voice of Madril Barrett to say, to be continued. Like that. And then you get the that. just blue letters on the black screen, to be continued. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let me ask you this as we go on. Um, first, let's go back to the favorite characters because we did the first episode. Yes. What were your top three? Yes. Starting with three. Yeah. And then we did the same for me. I want to I see if ours are the same this time around. Okay, okay. Uh, well, initially, I was Hoshi to Paul Archer. Yes. So at this point now, I've become Trip. Okay. I'm definitely Trip. Archer. And to Paul. And to Paul. And to Paul. Very cool. So Paul is my number one at this point because I am digging the fact that she, unlike Spock, who watching his journey is much more the human Vulcan within him. He is both. He is you know, one half of each. Yeah. So Paul is a full Vulcan who is embracing this entirely new culture yeah, and is going from a human that she could never respect a human in her life to much less revering one to much less wanting the acceptance of one. Yeah. And we start to see that growth of like, wow, that's so meaningful to her because he respects her so much. And we see that because he defends her throughout this. Yeah. Um, Archer is still up there, obviously, because it's his show. I mean, we're, we yeah, so far, we're we ain't going yeah. off that list. Like, yeah. For me, it's the same. It's Trip. Jumps on. Flocks almost took Trip out, but Trip has some good episodes yeah. in this. Uh, and I really like where his character arc is going. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, it's Archer. And then I would go to Paul, whereas mm-hmm. it was Flitz in the first half of the yep. season. So that goes to show you like how the characters evolve in, in fascinating ways. Because I said... Um, <clears throat> excuse me, I said Travis Mayweather in the first one as my third, Mm -hmm. and he could come back on. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. That's kind of the funny part about this is at this point we don't get as much flocks. You know, this is where we start to get the five-minute flocks, you know, where he's on for five minutes. He got all of his stuff early on. He gets stuff during peacetime. You know, so well, in the second season, he he shines bright. He does. No, he comes around. Absolutely. He has moments. 
But uh, that yeah, they've kind of buried them a little more because we've gotten a lot more of the Archer to Paul. That's true. And so, and there's a reason for it. And it's a great reason. I think I, it's wonderful. I love the Malcolm stuff. You know, we start getting more Malcolm, but a little less. He turns into five minute Malcolm for a few episodes. I do. I will, the only thing I'll say about the Paul Archer relationship it seems like in season one they had a love interest angle that they wanted to start pushing at some yeah. point, and they were building toward that. And I, I really think that at certain times in certain episodes they're like unsure if they wanted to continue, mm-hmm. and then maybe another they'd like okay, well let's just keep it open as an option. And like I just saw that in the writing, it was kind of choppy in that sense. But when it was really focused in on her admiration of him. Mm-hmm. I liked it, and I liked that dynamic. Yeah. Um, it was very few and far between those little, like, love interest things, those little bites came in. Which I'm then... really glad they skated past them. Yes. I'm really glad they continued past them. It allowed that that questionability of, is this love, to more of a, oh, no, this is an admiration. This yeah. is a respect. This is a, oh, wow, you're human. How can you do these things? You know, how can you possibly yeah. act like that? You know, she's seeing everything logically, so when he's coming at it with a better answer that derives a better result she you can't argue it you know so i think that alone has been mind-boggling to her and it's happened multiple times so So it's really fun to see to kind of close out on this and and uh and and kind of go on to the uh you know for the next episode and say something for that but in this season i want to know like who are your who which other species that they met doesn't have to be mm-hmm. a villain species or a protagonist or an okay. antagonist. It could be just somebody they meet. Who was your favorite species that was introduced? Not ones that existed like Vulcans or Klingons or mm-hmm. uh, Andorians, but were introduced in this first season. Ooh. The Tandalarians, the ones who are like prisoners of the imprisoning the Suliban. Yeah, we're going after them. I kind of dug that. I, I I like that. That there's just a. Uh, they're not a bad species. You know what I'm saying? They're not yeah, the they're bad not guys. To be. It doesn't seem like it, But like, also they're they're just kind of jerks. They are. And it's what happens when the jerks take over. So it's kind yeah. of fun to watch that in a Star Trek show to see, well, here's the jerk civilization. Even the jerk side, you get that sympathy of like we're afraid and and, and it's not right because no. again, like you go absolutely back to the not. Japanese yeah, it's, it's not right. Absolutely not right. Um and that's why I like Archer's stance on it against mm-hmm. them. And pushing back and saying yep. this is wrong, regardless if you're afraid or not. He was like that. This episode for me is like you know when you watch Captain America Winter Soldier and he's talking to Nick Fury mm-hmm. and like he's really giving him the you know like yeah I know you're saying the world is a different place, scarier place, but like you're perpetuating fear. Yeah, precisely. You know, you're pushing. Yep. You're not trying to inspire hope or or do good. Things are getting scary. Yeah, yeah. And and I like that because that's what. Archer put into it, so like you, f- you feel for the uh, Suliban in this uh, episode, the mm-hmm. Tendarians. You feel for them too because they're really giving both sides of it. But the fact that one's an aggressor in this scenario mm-hmm. and the other one's not, because um, we're automatically when you've introduced this um, Suliban in all these other episodes before, mm-hmm. you get to this point where in this one you automatically hear that they're being, and you're like, good, okay, they're catching them. But then when you hear the stories, and that's what I love about it, they added the stories. You you actually feel sympathy for both. Yep. But Archer is the perpetuating force of saying, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, you're doing this out of fear and you shouldn't be doing it. And then yep. to help the Suliban took it to a different level that I really just enjoyed. About yeah, this. it was fantastic. And that's kind of why I like that race, because there are a race of cowards yes. who cause those kind of problems, who create those issues where yep. the fear just overtakes in a society. And we get to see that. And it's a wonderful mirror. 
So I love when there's a good mirror episode of like uh, an alien race that kind not of an shows. Actual mirror no, no, that's Star. terrifying. Not, not mirror, mirror. No, not, not the other universe. Uh, when when there's something that mirrors society and what's going yeah, on yeah. and the way we can see ourselves if we go too far with something. And right. I think they're a good mirror to have. That's Tandarans are good, right? You know, it's important and to be to, mindful of that. And to say mirror again and make it lose all its meaning. Um, <laughs> mirror, mirror. The one thing I like about this show in this first season is a lot of the topics they handle are things that the United States has done throughout time yeah. to other people. And they, they turn it on its head. And considering the theme of this is throughout the years we built to get out here and travel through space. Mm -hmm. And you see that in the theme song, mm -hmm. uh, in the opening credits. And so I like that they built that up as like, now we're going to talk about the topics as we go on. And they do, because they show each, almost every civilization, everything they've had to fight against. Yeah. You know, the rogue one. Well, they've just... We're going to wipe out Rogue Planet, where they're like, we're just going to wipe out this society. Yeah. We don't know what they are. We just know we can kill them. And they don't know they're sentient beings. You know, they yes, don't understand yeah, that. Yeah. They think it's just an animal. Well, that's still not cool. It's not kill to kill white rhinos. Guess what? Too late. Yeah, you know, right. stuff like that. Like, that's that's a beautiful thing that Enterprise does that Star Trek has always done. And that's one of the reasons I love Star Trek, because they yeah. deal with actual social issues from such an abstract but very real point of view. You know what I like about it too, uh, talking about it in this instance, is that everybody on this show throughout, like even when Trip like yells at the Vulcan and stuff like mm -hmm. that, it's everything we feel. Every aspect that they go through during this first season, they're right because they are humans and they've done it. And that's yeah. the point. They're saying like, we've done this. Yeah, we, this, done is, this. this is a whole society. We've walked through this. Point. So we're telling yeah. you that you're wrong because we know it. We've been there. And, and, and that's sort of the feel of the argument. Mm -hmm. But the cool thing about it is every one of them is right in their moral code. But that leads and it shows you going on that they're going to be wrong at times. Exactly. There are going to be problems. And there are going to be points where you stick your nose in where you shouldn't. Yeah. Like you Maybe can, going too deep. Maybe causing yeah. a problem. Maybe getting your name out over half a sector. You know, it's kind of problematic. And, and so. absolutely. And even though he was right. He messed with things he shouldn't have messed with, and now he even thinks there should be a director. Yep. So going forward in that sense, um, yeah, we love doing this. Uh, thank you for joining us for the first season here in March. Um, please watch. Uh, let us know uh, any questions you have for us. Mm -hmm. Sound off in right here on the Patreon, uh, and we will try and answer them for you. Also, because we do episodes coming up, we can answer them on the next episode, so we're happy to do that. And we can Keep watching Enterprise. Join us for this very long journey that we're going, boldly going on. Boldly. <laughs> and uh, having a good time doing it. So thank you guys. And uh, we really appreciate watching Warp Factor Fiction. Check out all of our other shows, The Scenes, Times, and more over on the channel. We appreciate you. We love you. Casey. Until next time, my friends, make sure to take care of yourself. Thank you so much for joining in for this episode of Warp Factor Fiction. Remember to check out our other episode of this month. And next month we will have two more episodes covering a whole new season or movie for you. We really appreciate you joining in. If you guys are really interested in what we're doing here, make sure to go check us out. Again, the video is exclusive to Patreon, so you can go check that out. But check out our YouTube as well because we have lots of fun interviews with Jonathan Frakes, Will Wheaton, Todd Stashwick, and many more coming up from the Trek world, and we'd love for you to join. And remember, we have our companion series, Quarter Impulse, exclusively on our YouTube channel, where we get in-depth about 
different versions and variations of Trek that we really enjoy. Thank you again so much for joining in, and I will talk to you soon. Take care from the Scene Snobs.